السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمد کریم اما بعد فعود بلّہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ربش رحلی صدری ویسرلی امری وحل العقدم السانی یفقہ قولی اللہ مہدی قلبی وسد السانی وسر الصخیمت قلبی امین یا رب العالمین اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم انشاءاللہ we will begin the study of hadith from where we left off we were studying kitab al-janaiz which is the book of funerals so Imam Bukhari has collected a hadith in this chapter related to funerals so about funeral procession how the funeral prayer is supposed to be performed and how a deceased person is to be bathed and wrapped and buried so all of those rulings alhamdulillah we covered them And there are some more ahadiths which are left. So inshallah we will complete this chapter before we move on to the next one. So just to give you an idea of how, those of you who are not familiar, of how this book is structured, Sahih Bukhari. Basically in each chapter, a chapter is called a kitab, book, literally it means. So for example, the book is Kitab al-Jana'iz, the book of funerals. So in this chapter, Imam Bukhari will bring chapter headings. Meaning he'll give like a small subtopic. A small subtopic. And under that topic, sometimes he will bring a verse from the Qur'an to explain that subtopic. Sometimes he will bring the statements of different scholars or companions. And then eventually he will bring a hadith. And sometimes he will only mention a hadith. And that hadith explains or proves that chapter heading or that subtopic that Imam Bukhari has given. So this book Sahih Bukhari is not just a book of hadith where you read random hadith put together. No, they're organized topic wise and not just topic wise but very specifically also Imam Bukhari has given you could say chapter headings to prove certain things. So this is why Sahih Bukhari is known as Al-Jamir. Right? It has a long name And one of the descriptions of this book is that it is Al-Jamir. And Al-Jamir is basically a collection of hadith related to various topics. So you will find in Sahih Bukhari chapters which are related to fiqh. Fiqh as in the method of prayer, charity, funeral, likewise zakat, hajj, purification, etc. etc. Then you will also find chapters related to history. So he has an entire chapter dedicated to the companions of the Prophet ﷺ or the life of the Prophet ﷺ or reports about other prophets, previous prophets. Likewise, you have a hadith related to tafsir of the Qur'an also. So this is a very comprehensive book covering many, many topics and inshallah we'll study maybe just a little bit of it. Allahu a'lam how much we'll be able to cover but inshallah we'll try to cover the next few chapters inshallah so let's begin the next chapter heading is man ahabba dafna fil ard al muqaddasati aw nahwiha the person who wishes to be buried in the holy land in a sacred land or something like it meaning a person wishes that after they die they are buried in a good place is this wish or is this hope something that we can have So let's look at the hadith that Imam Bukhari brings over here. حدثنا محمود حدثنا عبد الرزاق أخبرنا معمر 
عن ابي طاووس عن ابيه عن ابي هريره رضي الله عنه قال ابو هريره رضي الله عنه reported that ارسل ملك الموت الى موسى عليه السلام that the angel of death was sent to prophet Musa alayhi salam falamma ja'ahu but when the angel of death came to him sakkahu Musa alayhi salam hit him Musa alayhi salam struck him so bad that the eye of the angel came out faraja'a ila rabbihi so then the angel returned to his lord faqala and he said arsaltani ila abdin la yuridu almaut You have sent me to a servant who does not wish to die. So then, فَرَدَّهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ عَيْنَهُ Allah returned his eye to him, meaning he fixed his eye for him. وَقَالَ رْجِعُ And Allah said to the angel of death, go back to Musa. So then, when the angel came back to him, he said to Musa alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him to say to him, فَقُلْ لَهُ Say to him that, He should yada'u yadahu He should put his hand on an ox On a thawr So falahu bikullima So he will have for every hair that his hand touches He will have a year to live So when Musa alayhi salam was told about that He said then what O Lord Is there death after that And he was told yes there is death after that So then Musa alayhi salam said, فَالْآن Then might as well die now. Because if there is eventually death after all these years, then might as well die now. And then he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَسَأَلَ اللَّهَ He asked Allah that he should die مِنَ الْأَرْضِ الْمُقَدَّسَةِ He should die close to the sacred land, the holy land. رَمِيَةً بِحَجَرٍ Just a stone's throw away from the holy land. So the Prophet ﷺ said that if I was there, I would show you where his grave is. So Imam Bukhari brings this hadith over here to prove that a person can have the wish, the desire in their heart to die in a good place, to be buried with righteous people, to be buried in a good place. And we see that Abu Bakr anhu had the same wish. He wished to be buried next to the Prophet ﷺ. Umar anhu also had the same wish that he wanted to be buried right next to his two companions. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the company of the righteous in this life no matter where we go. And also to make us amongst the righteous in the next life also. Just as Abu Bakr and Umar wished to be buried next to the Prophet ﷺ. Musa ﷺ wished to be very close to the Holy Land, the land of the Prophets. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all righteous company in this world and make us amongst the righteous in the hereafter also. Chapter heading number 69. Bab ad-dafni bil-layli wa dufina Abu Bakrin radiyallahu anhu laylan. Bab ad-dafni bil-layl. Chapter ad-dafni bil-layl, burial in the night. Meaning, burying a deceased person in the night. Is that something that's permissible? Or are you supposed to bury a person only during the day? Are funerals by night allowed? He says here, وَدُفِنَ أَبُوْ بَكْرٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ لَيْلًا Abu Bakr رضي الله عنه was actually buried in the night. So what is Imam Bukhari proving here? That burial may take place in the night also. And then he brings a hadith. Which is, حدثنا عثمان بن أبي شيبة 
حدثنا جرير عن الشيباني عن الشعبي عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما So here you can see different names حدثنا He reported to us who Uthman ibn Abi Shayba Uthman ibn Abi Shayba is the teacher of Imam Bukhari Imam Bukhari is listening to this hadith from him Where did Uthman ibn Abi Shayba get this hadith from? He said حدثنا جرير He got this hadith from Jarir. Well, where did Jarir get this hadith from? عن الشيباني He got this from الشيباني Where did he get the hadith from? عن الشعبي He got it from Sharbi. And where did Sharbi get this hadith from? عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما He got this hadith from Abdullah ibn Abbas, the companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So you see over here how many names? Firstly, Uthman ibn Abi Shayba, then Jarir, then Shaybani, then Sharbi, then Abdullah ibn Abbas. We have five names over here. So that means five generations. That means five uh, teachers and students. And if you were to look into the names of these people and their lifetimes and who they were, you can find details about every single one of these people. In manuscripts that are handwritten, that are sitting in museums, that are sitting in libraries today. So these are not just random names that Imam Bukhari invented. These are real people. You can find about when they were born, who they studied from, where they lived, what their character was like, and where even they died. You can find all of these records. I wish I could bring a book to you to show you that this stuff is real. In fact, maybe one day I'll take you on a tour. There's a small library here, my dad's office here, in which he has a lot of books. And there is an entire rack, a rack and a half actually, about Ilm al-Rijal. It's an encyclopedia in which you will find life details of biographies of these people. You can look up their names and you will find details about them. Not just details about their life and their circumstances, but even their character. Even their character. So this is real stuff. So anyway, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu reported, he said, قَالَ صَلَّ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ عَلَى رَجُلٍ He said that the Prophet ﷺ performed the prayer, meaning funeral prayer, for a man, بَعْدَمَا دُفِنَ After he had been buried. بِلَيْلَةٍ In the night. So a man died, he was buried in the night, and then later, when the Prophet ﷺ was informed about this man's death and the fact that he had been buried, the Prophet ﷺ prayed janazah for him. قَامَ هُوَ وَأَصْحَابُهُ He and his companions stood. وَكَانَ سَأَلَ عَنْهُ And the reason behind this is that the Prophet ﷺ asked about him, فَقَالَ So he said, مَنْ هَذَا Who is this? فَقَالُوا فُلَانٌ They said, so and so. دُفِنَ الْبَارِحَةِ He was buried yesterday. فَصَلَّوْا عَلَيْهِ So they prayed over him. So here we see what kind of hadith? You tell me. Is it a qawl, a fi'l, taqreer, or a wasp? Is there an approval here? Is there an approval here? That the person was buried in the night. The Prophet ﷺ inquired about him. They told him that he was buried yesterday. And by yesterday they meant the night before. Right? 
and the Prophet ﷺ and his companions, they prayed Salatul Janazah over him. So what is the Prophet ﷺ approving here? Exactly. That a janazah, that a burial may take place during the night. You see? There was no statement here, you did the right thing, you did the wrong thing. No, there is nothing. It was a silent approval. Right? So this is an example of taqreer. Bab bina'il masjidi ala al-qabri. Building a masjid, a mosque, over a grave. Is that permissible? Can you construct a mosque on top of a grave or by a grave right next to it so that people come to visit the grave and they also pray over there? Is that permissible? Let's find out. حدثنا إسماعيل قال حدثني مالك عن هشام عن أبيه عن عائشة رضي الله عنها So here we see عائشة رضي الله عنها reporting a hadith قالت she said لما اشتكى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم When the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم became unwell ذكرت بعض نسائه كنيسة رأينها بأرض الحبشة One of his wives and this is Um سلمة She mentioned to him about a kanisa, which is a church, that she had seen in the land of Habasha. What is the land of Habasha? Abyssinia. So she had seen that church in Abyssinia. How did she see it? Because she was one of those people who had migrated to Abyssinia. So what happened? Yuqalu laha Maria. And it was called Maria. Meaning the church was called Maria. وَكَانَتْ أُمُّ سَلَمَةَ وَأُمُّ حَبِيبَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا أَتَتَا أَرْضَ الْحَبَشَةِ And she mentions that Umm Salama and Umm Habiba, both the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, had been to Abyssinia. So now what happened? Both of them, فَذَكَرَتَا مِنْ حُسْنِهَا they mentioned its beauty, how beautiful that church was. fiha, And they also mentioned about the images that were in the church. And when are they talking about this? When the Prophet ﷺ was unwell, he was close to his death. And it happens, you know, when you're sitting next to a person who is unwell, you talk to them for some time, and then you start chatting with one another. Right? And then you remember the old times and things that you've seen. This is a very normal conversation. So they were having this conversation and the Prophet ﷺ He was laying down, he lifted up his head, فقال, and he said, Ulaika Ida Mata Minhumurajul Salihu Banau ala Qabrihi Masjidan. Those people, and he's referring to the Christians before, that when a righteous person Amongst them died They would build a masjid over his grave This is something that they would do That when a righteous person died They would build a mosque Meaning a place of prayer Over his grave And then And they would make images in it Meaning put pictures in it And he said Such are the worst creatures in the sight of Allah why would the Prophet ﷺ say that? Because when you go to a place of worship, then you're supposed to worship who? Allah. Right? The only one true God. That is the one whom you should worship. 
But when you go to a place of worship, and then there's the grave of a human being over there, then what happens? Your heart gets attached to that grave. Like you're kind of drawn towards it. And then people have weird beliefs also, incorrect beliefs also about the dead. That they hear us or or they will pray for us or you know, you talk to them and they will ensure that your needs are granted and you and your children and family are protected, etc., etc. People have incorrect beliefs. And then when images are also made, then instead of thinking about attaching oneself to God, people start attaching themselves to the image that they see. Right? So the place was built for the worship of God, but because of the presence of graves and the presence of these images, people began worshipping other than God. You understand? So this is why such people are the worst creatures near Allah. Because they are deviating people right from the place of worship. You understand what's happening? Right from the place of worship where people are coming to worship God, they are not able to worship God. Instead, they are being led to the worship of other than God. So they are the worst of creatures. I mean, if you think about it, out of all the places in the world, right? There are so many places in the world. There is malls. There is, you know, parks. There is different kinds of places that people make. I mean, a place of worship is where you would go to worship Allah. But if you're being led towards other than Allah, then where, where will you go? So, أُولَٰئِكَ شِرَارُ الْخَلْقِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Now, why did the Prophet ﷺ especially say this at this occasion? Exactly. He was close to his death. And he didn't want that his people should build a masjid on top of his grave. And then they start worshipping his grave. And they start worshipping him. Instead of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now you might say, well, when you go to Medina, and you go to the mosque of the Prophet sallallahu and when you go inside, and the grave of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa not just his grave, of his companions is also there, Abu Bakr and Umar. So what's going on here? Remember that when they were buried, they were not buried in the masjid. They were buried in the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. And the house of Aisha radiallahu anha was right next to the masjid. Alright? But over time, the masjid expanded. It expanded. And now it has expanded so much that it is in fact bigger than the city of Medina at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa It's expanded so much. Recently I visited Medina, alhamdulillah, and one of the, we met somebody there who's been living in Medina for a long time. And he gave us a tour of the masjid and very interesting things he told us about the masjid and areas around the masjid. And we were standing in the courtyard and right at that time, it, it was time for Isha, so the adhan began. And then within a few seconds, another adhan began from a masjid that we could see. We could see the minaret. Like it was literally like maybe seven minute walk away. You could get there. It was right after the gates and you know when you cross the gate then maybe you'd walk for a little bit and you would be in that masjid. Right? So I'm like, what's going on? He said, this masjid is actually built where the Prophet ﷺ would lead people in Eid Salah. So at that time, Eid Salah was where? Outside the city, out in the open, in the desert. That is where the Prophet ﷺ would go lead people in Eid and also Salatul Istisqa, 
Right? And sometimes even the funeral prayer was performed over there. That was outside the city, out in the open. And now, it was not outside the city. It was barely outside the masjid. Right? So remember that at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, in fact, when he died and he was buried in the place that he died, which was the house of Aisha anha, that was not part of the masjid. But it just so happened that, mashallah, this ummah grew so much that the masjid just expanded and it took the entire city of Medina within it. So remember that the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ was not built on his grave. Bab qabr al Someone entering a woman's grave. What does it mean by that? Remember that when a grave is dug and the deceased is to be buried in the grave, then you're supposed to, somebody is supposed to go down into the grave and then bring the body. So basically the body is handed down to him while he's in the grave and then he puts the body in the lahd. Right? What is the lahd? Remember that one way in which we bury the dead is that the grave is supposed to be L-shaped. L-shaped. How? That you dig down and then you go sideways. So the person goes down and then he takes the body, it's handed down to him, it's lowered to him, and then he puts the body in that niche. He places it properly, makes sure that it's sitting, it's laying down correctly, and then he covers it from the side, then he gets out of it, and then mud is put. Right? This is the proper way. So when it's a man who is being buried, it's understood any man can get down into the grave and bury the person. But if a woman is being buried, then who is supposed to get down into the grave and take the body and bury it properly? Can any person do that? Or is it only the relatives? You understand? Can any person do that? Or is it only the relatives? Let's find out from hadith. حدثنا محمد بن سنان حدثنا فليح بن سليمان حدثنا هلال بن علي عن أنس رضي الله عنه قال شهدنا بنت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ورسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم جالس على القبر Anas radiallahu anhu, who was still a child at the time, he reported that we witnessed the daughter of the Prophet ﷺ, meaning when she died and she was supposed to be buried, the Prophet ﷺ was sitting on the side of the grave. And I saw his eyes filling up with tears. And فَقَالَ he said, هَلْ فِيكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ لَمْ يُقَارِفِ اللَّيْلَةِ Is there... Anyone among you who was not intimate the night before, meaning with his wife, فقال أبو طلحة أنا. أبو طلحة said I. قال فأنزل في قبرها. So the Prophet ﷺ told him, then you get down into the grave. فنزل في قبرها. So he got down into the grave. فقبرها and then he buried her. قال ابن المبارك ابن مبارك said قال فليح فليح said that أراه يعني الذنب. I think. What he meant by that was الذنب, sin. By the word yuqarif, the Prophet ﷺ meant sin. قال أبو عبد الله من بخاري said ليقترفوا, this word from the Quran, similar word, يقترفوا, أي, it means ليكتسبوا, they earn. Now, here you see hadith and then Imam Bukhari brings explanation of something that's mentioned in the hadith. And what is that? The meaning of the word yuqarif. Yuqarif, one interpretation of this is it means to be intimate with one's spouse. And another meaning, yuqarif, and this is the meaning that Imam Bukhari perhaps is supporting. And he brings the statement of Ibn Mubarak and a word from the Quran. 
Yuqarif means to acquire a sin. Because liyakutarifu means liyaktasibu, that they earn a sin. Alright? And Ibn Mubarak said it means them. So basically what he's saying is that the Prophet ﷺ asked, who did not sin last night? So Talha radiallahu anhu, he said, I did not commit a sin last night. So the Prophet ﷺ told him to get down into the grave and bury her. Right? Now, we'll discuss why this happened. But Imam Bukhari is bringing this hadith over here to prove that Talha radiallahu anhu was not a mahram of the daughter of the Prophet ﷺ. Correct? He was not her brother, he was not her husband, he was not her father. Right? But he lowered the body and he buried the body. So what does it show? What does it prove? Exactly. The person burying the deceased woman does not have to be related to her. You understand? Does not have to be related to her. It can be anybody. Now, why the Prophet ﷺ asked this question? It is said that there's different interpretations. We have actually covered this hadith in more detail earlier. But it is said that one of the reasons is that the husband of this daughter of the Prophet ﷺ was Uthman radiallahu anhu. Alright? And Uthman radiallahu anhu was a very soft-hearted person. And the Prophet ﷺ was crying a lot over here. And Uthman radiallahu anhu was also crying a lot over here. So it would be too much for the Prophet ﷺ or Uthman radiallahu anhu to themselves bury his daughter or the other's wife. It would be too much for them to do. So this is why somebody else was asked, but in an indirect way. So this is one of the explanations. But Imam Bukhari brings this hadith over here to prove that anybody can bury uh, a, a deceased woman. The next is about performing Salatul Janazah over a martyr. Right? And there are two hadith in that. And because they are connected to each other, we don't have enough time left. So inshallah we will do this in our next class. Inshallah. I want you to please read over the text again. Inshallah. Even if your Arabic reading is not very strong, still try to read over the text, inshallah. And when you come next time during your group study session, you will read the text, practice the text again, inshallah. And if there's any questions, make sure you bring them in the next class and inshallah we will discuss them. Jazakumullahu khayrun kathira, subhanakallahum wa bihamdik, ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.